Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy can quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Hello there. Yes, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Sorry for talking over the music. Uh, I had started the show without plugging in my headphones. So I just had the music playing. I don't know. I hope that played for you guys um, when I did that. Uh, Today's show is episode 334. Uh, We are... uh, I'm going to address this one as what what are we afraid of? What are you what what is causing you to be fearful? And one thing uh I do notice is that there's a especially being a bartender, being a bartender, I do come in contact with a lot of people that have their um things that their personal struggles with certain things like uh, opening up, being uh, friendly, talking to strangers, uh, opening up themselves. And I've had a, not a horrible struggle, but it's, it's, it is a struggle to get guests. It's difficult to get someone on when they're concerned about how they're going to be construed and what context they're going to be taken into. And that, I can't really uh, put them at ease because a lot of times I just do it live and I tell them, I say, listen, I try not to step on anybody's toe. I'm not going to. uh, But you know what? It is comedy sometimes and sometimes something funny happens. If you want to be serious, maybe this isn't necessarily the, the right venue for you. So... I've had uh, difficulty with, uh, it's interesting, I've had an easier time with people that are more pillars, traditional, and I'm doing air quotes, so imagine me holding out my two finger, two air quotes, um, traditional pillars of the community, let's say, things like politicians, uh, a friend of mine, Alfonso, from a recovery group I belong to, uh, other bartenders and servers and uh, a news reporter or two and and friends that I bring on musicians 
But when you get down to things that are more, let's say, I'd have to call it more blue or less mainstream, such as the Lover's Boutique, which is an adult store. When I say adult store, it sells all sorts of things like dildos, vibrators, blow-up dolls, uh, all ointments, anal beads, whatever you want it to be, it has it. Originally, I set up an interview for them, and then they backed out on it. And then recently, they came back a couple months ago. But I haven't really followed it up because they don't seem. I'm, I'm a little reluctant chasing down an interview, if they're not all in. If someone's not excited about it, and uh, once someone starts sending me questions like, "I'm afraid that I may uh, not." get uh, portrayed correctly or things could be taken out of context there's nothing I can really say about that then other than listen to my other view, uh, other interviews and I, there's people that uh, have been happy with that now I've been the guest on several radio shows and interviewed for several newspaper articles and been on two podcasts but here's the kicker the rest of those the traditional media, traditional media, the um, radio show and a newspaper, they showed up fine. You know, they did, uh, I had like three or four articles on that. But with the podcast, I did one which was kind of a trivia show for Florida. It was, uh, I'm not going to say the name of it because they didn't air the episode, so I'm not going to promote the show. And they only had like six episodes. And it was such a, uh, the guy said it was such a great episode. The guy asked me three questions. It was about um, Florida, but it was almost like uh, Wait, Wait, an NPR show called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, where they come up with uh, crazy things that could have happened in Florida, whether it happened in Florida or not, and they'll come up with different scenarios. And I picked, for some reason, there were three of them, and I picked the right one in each challenge. And uh, the guy was... Uh, a little put off by it. I don't understand that because it wasn't like I could cheat about it. Maybe I could have. Maybe I would. He was thinking that I was hitting all the. Uh, but I don't do that. I'm a trivia guy. So, I mean, after a question's asked and after I thought I had it right and it's wrong, I may check that. But I've never uh, done that in the heat of a question. When I say in the heat of question, when the question's asked, I don't go and check check the answer. I'll just spout what I consider would be from my knowledge the what the right answer is and a lot of times it's the wrong answer that's the interesting thing about it and this other show I'm not going to even say that they that guy had me I had to do a pre-interview I had to uh, fill out some uh, god two pages and then the show uh, the day of it I did an hour and a half it was on Skype uh, the connection was during the COVID-19 uh, stay at home kind of I won't call it orders but whatever when everyone was staying at home and I'm being interviewed it's going well and the guy had kind of an agenda he was uh, a guy that owned a bunch of warehouses he kind of viewed himself as an entrepreneur and he had a bunch of other entrepreneurs on his show and Arthur's and afterwards he found out like while he was interviewing me that it wasn't wasn't the owner of uh, the uh, bar restaurant 
he seemed a little taken aback that I was just a worker. Maybe I'm not an entrepreneur, but I did have several businesses. It's just something I chose not to pursue. It's not all about, for me, it wasn't all about money. Maybe it should be all about money. So I went back. I had that interview with the guy who was on the West Coast. and We had to get this back and forth. And, you know, for that was like four months ago. They never put that episode on, probably because I didn't necessarily agree with the guy's worldview. He was uh, thinking about, you know, how... Uh, you know, entrepreneurship is the pinnacle of human endeavors, which it's up there in human endeavors, entrepreneurship, but it's not the pinnacle, you know? So I did that, you know, now I'm reluctant when someone says I want to go on a show, waste, you know, it's sometimes it's a waste of time you don't show. When I do it, when I have someone on a show, a lot of times it's live. So, I don't worry. They worried about me editing it and doing post-editing, cutting things down. The only thing that would happen was probably a commercial cutting in between to a whole conversation if there is. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I've never edited anything other than I've deleted whole shows that I thought were poor. Uh, yeah, poorer than... <laughs> I know, Jim, what is the bar for a part? Well, if you can't hear me, if there's a lot of static, it's really bad and it's reprehensible, I'll delete the show. And I'm sorry, it's just one of those things. It's not It's not like destroying a painting because it's not, uh, I don't consider it on the same thing. I know, I know what I do. I'm self-aware. I'm self-aware of what my... Uh, what I'm doing, the size of my audience, and who I'm speaking to. And I am live right now, so if you are interested, I'm going to keep on spouting this number. Someday someone's going to call. Uh, the uh, number is 407-392-4563. It's 407-392-4563. I use Skype, and I. what happens is uh, it's not a visual one, obviously, because we're a podcast. You know, I don't do a, a live video f- feed, and not... That, and you know, I talked about my uh, reasoning for that. I don't do a lot of video because I want it to be mainly a, an audio experience, even though I'm not the perfect audio experience that you want. But, uh, and maybe so it actually could probably be a little funnier if there was a picture of because I am kind of, I'm told that my reactions, unbeknownst to me, are funny, but I don't want it to be about that. And once again, that phone number is 407-392-4563. And if you are listening on this Breaker app, that's the service that I use to podcast with, you can, uh, if you're listening live, you can always go on the chat feature and send in a question. I've had people ask me questions otherwise that uh, off the air, and I've, they've sent in text. Um, so... One of the things that I wanted to know, uh, people to know, is that as a guest, I know pretty much what I'm going to ask, and I let them know what I'm going to ask in general. It's not a news program. I'm not trying to do a got you thing. There are other venues and listening um, sources, other podcasts for news and revelation. This isn't revelation. This is entertainment. Uh, I try to do a little education sometimes with that and uh, 
So the guest, it's almost like Schrodinger's cat. We know you have a guest, and Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment where a cat's in a box, and it, it exists both as dead and alive at the same time. And uh, you don't know until you open up the box. Same thing goes with a guest. It's going to be an interview. There's going to be questions asked. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. But until the interview occurs, we won't. We really don't know what what's going to happen. You could. Uh, I'm not controlling in your answer. I do have. I gave you the spirit of the questions I would ask, but I don't know what the reaction of some of your questions I might ask, and I hope that doesn't throw throw them off. But that's pretty much it. And uh, the guest thing. I've always been thinking I'm going to get someone interesting on. Um, different kind of people but you know down here in the Keys you you think there's a lot of interesting people down here and there are there are a lot of interesting people down here but I don't think the uniqueness is different than other people being unique from other places so if there's uh, 8,000 people in Key Largo that reside here full time there's 8,000 different stories and the same percentage of people that are very eccentric and people that are less eccentric people that adhere to more than norms so uh, you might be hearing my dog barking in the background I guess that means there's a cat walking by and see how I can't control anything like that but luckily I have the headphone on and if I was using a mic it would have been popping off uh, like crazy so we're going to move on past guests. I had some friends in last night, Karen and Scott. Once again, I you know yesterday or two days ago on episode 333, I sent out a hello to Denise in Ohio. And Denise, I guess uh, we have your had your niece uh, there, uh, Scott and Karen's daughter and her two and her two daughters at at the restaurant I work at, and. It was interesting. We got in a conversation with the young girls. I was I wasn't asked for advice for some reason because Scott and Karen are friends of mine. I wanted to tell the two young ladies. Uh, one one of the young ladies was partying with her grandparents and they were making fun of her the day before. And I said, "Oh, were their pictures taken?" And they go, "Oh yeah, someone sent." pictures and all that stuff and I said that is a burden that generation what's it called generation Z or you know millennia millennials or ones that were born near and around 2000 and you got generation Z or X and stuff like that but if you just that we've talked about this on different shows I told the young girls I say listen it is virtually impossible to be anonymous nowadays. Your whole life is documented. Whenever you're doing something fun, interesting, if you're not in control of your wits or all your, then that happens when you're drinking. And one of the girls was 15, the other was 20, 21. So the 21 year olds was imbibing. I said to him, I said, listen, don't, uh, I didn't go into details about what I would tell my daughter about never sending. Uh, something to somebody that you wouldn't want spread around because there's virtually nobody has that kind of uh, I I think what happened is used to be if you had some 
information from someone. Let's say it's a photo from a woman you know. She sent you some pictures and stuff like that. In the old days, it would have to be real pictures. would be on, you know, it could be a, a, a generally a lot of times it was on um, an Instamatic or one of those Polaroids. Polaroids. Um, and uh, because you could get flag going to the photo mat, stuff like that. And the advent of, you know, storage, personal storage for electronic uh, pictures when they started using uh, cameras, digital photography. Now you don't have to get it developed. You could print you could print the picture off at home or who prints pictures anymore? They pretty much store, store it and distribute it. So when someone is, and we can go through all the scenarios of sending a picture. I had a friend in college who used to take pictures of all his girlfriends uh, in intimate situations, very revealing. And and the pictures were more akin to Hustler, not Playboy. They weren't glamour shots. They were beaver shots. And uh, he would get them, uh, he would get them to take pictures with him. And then he would uh, show them to all his friends. And that's how I guess he dealt with the, and I thought for a second I go wow that's kind of a and this is just my opinion they just felt like a betrayal of trust because you probably convinced them I mean it would be interesting if he showed the girl that the pictures he take, took the pictures of the other girls he take and show them to her and, and then she could probably put in her head oh yeah well this is probably going to happen to me but I, I had seen pictures of girls that I knew really well with that. And yes, I, I looked. I was I was curious when he said I got some pictures. And then I saw it. But I only saw it that one time. Because I knew he never showed it to me before. And I was like, wow, I hope he never dates anybody I'm really close with. Or, you know, and I, I guess maybe... Uh, you know, I hope I hope he stopped doing that. That's not, you know, that's just not what it is. But nowadays, it's probably the norm where people get photos and they spread them out. They had this, um, they have these websites for people where they, uh, you know, they show ex-girlfriends pictures and share them into there and stuff like that. And I, I just, I think that's a betrayal betrayal trust and I didn't mention that in the conversation with this girls I said what I pretty much said is whatever you do on social media exists forever exist forever so you might as well go and do an engraving on the side of Mount Rushmore whatever you're going to say engrave it in stone because it's going to be there. So you got to be careful. So whenever you say something, and I, I just purposely went there because these weren't my daughters. I didn't want to get into the more uh, personal things about it. I said, whatever you say, you better be firm, firmly believe that you're always going to believe in this. And, you know, whatever you say, like when I say something political, like I'm not a big fan, I'm not a fan at all of this president. And uh, I firmly believe that. Now, if I was one of those wishy-washy people, uh, 
they go, oh, you know, I don't know, I don't know this, which is fine. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for accusing me of wishy-washy, but, you know, uh, I, I feel it's important I can say these things. And I can feel that years from now I'll be able to stand by it. And the things I've said, sometimes they were harsh, but they're pretty much what I believed in my heart. So I'm not ashamed of it. But as a, as a, as a young person, you've got to be really careful. Because it's going to be there and your employers are going to find us out and things like that. And I told him, I said, you know, and, and then I went into further. I said, think about it. When I was a kid in the mid-70s, when I was a young teenager in the mid-70s, the 80s, in order to take a picture, usually at night when some of the bad things happened, you had to have a flash and you'd see that. There was very little, I mean, there's some people had equipment to do that, but it wasn't commonly used. So at nighttime, you were pretty safe. Whatever you did, they didn't see anything. There was no, there were video cameras, but they were the size of uh, televisions. I mean, they were huge. It was like a a small travel suitcase you put on your shoulder uh, when they started rolling those things. Just think of that with... uh, that Bob Crane thing where we, um, he did VHS. He did a, um, he used to make videos with his buddy, sex videos with his buddies and stuff like that. But that was like in the seventies, that was a new technology. A lot of people didn't have it. Cameras were flash. There were instamatics. There were Polaroids and things like that. And you pretty much had to stop. Otherwise it'd be blurry. There wasn't where you control the picture, someone come up with 35, you had a photo journalist come up with 35 millimeter camera, you'd kind of be put off, you know, you know, stand aside. You'd see, oh, well, we're going to have some pictures taken. But nowadays, and it's hard for you to visualize this, but I mean, no, it's not hard for you to visualize. Just think about it. Look at your phone. Look at your phone right now. How hard is it for you to pick it up and take a picture? How quick? Some people are quicker than others. Just remember, like in the old West, there were some people that took a while to bring their guns out. And the ones are gunfighters that were like lightning quick. Well, there's people like that with cameras. And they're surreptitious. And they use this with all these smartphones things. They could record. They could do video. Do anything. And the cameras are so much better now. There's low light cameras where you could take it. There's a... On the, on the internet, there's a lot of adult videos where people uh, are unbeknownst. Uh, to them, do they know that the pictures are uh, being preserved? If there was going to be that, there are pictures. They don't know. So, just just think of that. How easy it is now. I remember going past one when I was uh, in my late teens. I go past a uh, a strip club in Philadelphia, and it says no photography, no flash photography. I'm like, who the fuck was back then? Taking a camera to a strip club was like crazy. It's crazy you had to put that on there, you know. That was a crazy idea that you had to tell people not to do that. It's like telling people, hey, you're going to a restaurant. No live ammunition. No hand grenades. No bazookas. Not, uh, no flamethrowers. Because they people didn't bring them. That's just one of those things. They don't bring hand grenades to it. To, but commonplace when that thing it's funny because 
that place eventually became a regular bar in Philadelphia. The one I was talking about, it was near uh, a street. It was Frankfurt and Welsh Road, about a block north on, on Frankfurt Avenue. And you would see... Uh, it, it, it's funny, they disappeared. And now, you don't see at these gentlemen clubs, you don't see people saying, that everyone has their phone with them. Everyone has their phone. Who's to stop you from a place, you know, taking, I never had a phone taken away from me when I go to a gentleman's club. What, I mean, who's, who's to stop anybody taking a picture or something like that? There's no, disc, there's no discretion or secrecy right now. That's what I'm suggesting. So, I was talking to these these two young women. I said, "There's nothing, there's nothing you do can, if you do it repeatedly, going to be a secret." And then I was talking to the young woman who was 21 and who wasn't, you know, the parents came uh, and grandparents, her mother was there and her grandparents were there, and she didn't have a drink because she, you know, had a little extra to drink the night before. And I said to her, you know, it's not like none of these people did it. And I'm talking to the parents, her mother. and it's They may make you feel embarrassed, but they've all done it. They've all done it. They've been in the same situation you've been in. But uh, the thing is, eventually, one day, you're going to want to stop doing that. And that, I said, that was my problem. I didn't stop doing that thing where I would regret and it happened more often than not. And uh, that was funny. That came from out of my heart. And I was just thinking, sometimes I'm talking to someone and I think this is important to me. And I'm, it's something I'm thinking out my, myself, a way to explain to myself why did I come to this point where I can't drink anymore. It's because... I was drinking like a 21-year-old, you know, maybe not doing the shots and stuff like that, which I was, uh, over the years, I've saw that I'm not doing shots, but it didn't stop me from drinking hard liquor and beer. So I just didn't have it. I had no control over it, meaning that's what I did. That's what I liked. That's what I told myself what I liked. I like to have, you know, drink my bourbon neat with a beer on the side. And now what I tell myself is like, I don't drink any of it, not because, yeah, I can, people say, what, you mean can't have one drink? Yeah, I can have one drink. One day I won't. And that's the worst thing in the world. It doesn't make all those other times where I had one drink special. I know that in the near future, there's going to be another time where I'm just going to be embarrassed by my behavior or my condition. So, and I said, but many people, like I, I was telling young girls, you gotta have a good time. Be careful, you know, don't, don't overdo it. You know, always have a friend around. That's, that's the advice again. Always, I trust my, oh, I have a Florida call, but, uh, ignore. Okay. I, I'll check this number. I'll call them back. But, um. Where was that? I was thinking, just thinking about how technology changes everything. It changes the way we do things and how we react to things and just society as a whole. 
I mean, there's, there's like when, when, uh, there was a, uh, a beautiful young woman who was getting on a plane and when she got on the plane, this was about five years ago, I think, if I remember correctly, and she was working for a company. She was going to South Africa, I think, on a, uh, a business trip or vacation. But what she said, uh, she tweeted was, uh, I am heading to Africa right now. Hope I don't get AIDS. Oh, forget about it. I'm white. So I'm not going to get AIDS. So she put that out there. And she had a decent amount of followers. But it was so... It, it, it had inflamed people to say, hey, listen, you know, it, it, it was somewhat, I guess the woman was trying to make an attempt at humor. But the uh, by the time she landed, it had blown up. <laughs> it had blown up. And she had lost her job. She had, uh, I think she was pretty sure from, and I'm remembering five years back that she was like, oh, and, and we all know these stories. That you go and say it. So think about it before. Let's, um, people do things really incredible. Like I never understand trophy hunters when they get their pictures taken and go out. Really knowing that people, when you see a bull elephant with the the ivory tusk and some guy, you know, sitting with his big ass elephant gun next to the dead beautiful animal. I'm thinking, why now would you want to put that thing out there, have it taken and have it put on there? Why? Um, that's got to be something you want personal. You don't want to put it out there for everyone because it's inflammatory. It's just like if someone said, I don't believe in yeah, the, the um, artist that dipped the crucifix in urine. And this was over 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe yeah, 20, 20 years ago. And that was his thing, his, his commentary on religion. Yeah, it was art, but why, why in the hell? I mean, okay, his, art, art itself is supposed to be controversial, so I, I understand that. But why, why, do, I mean, in that case, with the, crucifix going into the bodily fluids yeah they knew that they that's exactly what they wanted i don't think that people that are bounty hunters bounty hunters trophy hunters are looking for people to call them assholes or idiots or horrible people unless that's gotta be i mean that in in itself if you put a picture out there and then expect more than a considerable amount of people, let's say more than a considerable, maybe even a majority of people look at you with disgust. There's something wrong with you. If that's the illicit response you're going to have now, um, that's sometimes that's how change happens. But I, I think that's kind of a retrograde thing, the behavior, uh, trophy hunting of these animals that are endangered and these, you know, and that they're all ca- caught on these game farms with these wild game farms in Africa where they go in there and they send somebody and these animals don't really travel in herds and stuff like that. They just bring them out and they shoot them, you know? 
that's the thing. Just so you can get the kill. I want to always want to kill. Uh, that's what a hunter says. I always want to kill a bull elephant. I want to kill a giraffe. Why the fuck will you want to kill a giraffe? When has a giraffe? I mean, what? How? What's the worst thing that a giraffe's ever done? Or uh, one of these wildebeest? Well, I mean, a Cape buffalo is a very dangerous animal and things like that. But you're going out seeking something like that. It's like I don't go out. The shark is very deadly. I don't go out seeking a great white shark to kill. Even though I know there's a very good chance if I came up against a great white shark and it was hungry, I'd be done. But that's, I just don't go in the water where they are now. So we don't, we don't need to, you know, hold off their great white hunter. We don't need to kill all the endangered animals right now. I want to leave it at that. I leave that as that. And this is my show. It's my opinion. Um, I won't. I do believe that hunting has its good forest managing uh, management and population management principles, like deer hunting. Um, in some of these states, they issue a certain amount of uh, licenses and tell you what, how many, what kind of buck you can take, whether you can take a buck or a doe. And things like that. That's to keep the balance and keep the herd healthy and keep the uh, population healthy, so they can have a sustained, you know, sustained. But they, it's funny when it comes down to things like extinct creatures, but people uh, uh, or in, on the endangered list. When they're saying they said, well, our fees that we pay for the hunting provide for the protections to have these animals, uh, you know, to keep them around. If it wasn't for us, they may be extinct. That may be the case, but then again, you know, maybe maybe a photo uh, safari would probably be the best way to go. And photo hunting and stuff like that to keep a healthy population instead of just killing one. Unless you're going to eat the whole thing. I would kind of respect, get, you get a little bit of your respect back if you ate the whole animal. But they don't do that. They just take it as a trophy. Well... It's 33 minutes into the show. I'd like to thank all the listeners from any place. And I'm always amazed at um, where these listeners come from and what they do. Uh, I'd like to thank my listeners in India. I'd like to thank my uh, listeners in the Russian Federation. Uh, I wish some of you would call or send me an email. My email address is jim at keysbartender.com where with any questions or inquiries, they don't have to be on the air. Uh, we used to have some listeners in Iran. I, I really miss that. I was wondering why would that they would have, uh, if that person would come back. I used to do a little shout out to them. You know, when I, like that. And I knew that was kind of culturally insensitive, but it's not that bad. Come on. You know, I could say, you could say almost anything. And I, I try not to be super offensive. And if it is, it's, uh wasn't intentional. I'd like to thank my listeners, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Boston, Philadelphia, uh, Miami, all of Florida, uh, Tavernier, Key Largo, Key West, uh, Marathon. I don't have any listeners in Marathon. I got to go and I got to start promoting down a Marathon. Uh, the weather is great here. You can come on down. This is the time of year to come down. Uh, there, there are people 
that uh, they're not going to be having fantasy fest, at least a formal fantasy fest, but they will have uh, they will have people dressed up in whatever costumes they're going to wear, and it's you know more so than normal. You know, you don't like to dress up like costumes and stuff like that down here, and maybe they'll do something with the mask and all that stuff. Who knows? Make it interesting. Uh, and also, um, if you haven't voted yet, please vote. I do realize that most of my listeners are, the ones in the United States here, probably are um, getting ready to vote. I hope they do. And uh, just do it. Do it. Even if you're not going to vote the way I would like you to vote. Um, just vote. Uh, be Participate right now. Do you, do you some good. And if you don't participate, don't complain. And uh, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Uh, this is Jim the Keys Bartender signing out. I'd like to thank you for listening. Bye.